One of the things that we seem to talk about so much and yet do so little is praying. Now, when I start talking about praying, how to develop an effective prayer life, then for those of us, especially that have been around for some years and been in the church and familiar with a lot of things that we do, it's one of those dangerous times to when we hear about what we're going to be talking about that we just check out. I already know about prayer. I really don't like praying that much. I don't know how to do it successfully. I feel guilty because I don't pray enough. And sometimes we just kind of evade the issue and we miss out on so very much. So I want to ask you to just focus and be attentive to some things we're going to talk about this morning. And I especially think it's very, very important for us to do it this time as we begin in our prayer and fasting. Ask a question. Good self-evaluation is good. How would you rate your prayer life? From one to 10, 10 being the highest, the best, how would you rate your prayer life? Is praying difficult and sometimes boring to you? Do you expect to see your prayers answered? And do you know when they are? Would you be comfortable praying in public or even praying with your spouse or family member? You know, the only instance that we can find in the scripture where the disciples actually asked Jesus to teach them was when Jesus was praying and the disciples approached and one of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. You see, they had witnessed him praying. They had seen how he would go away for a while and spend entire nights in prayer. They watched his prayer life and by that they said, ah, teach us to do that. Teach us to do that. They realized that what was happening through the life of Jesus and through his ministry was a result of, that, of his prayer life, of his communion with the Father. You know, I've got about seven things I want to talk about today, and each one of those seven could, could last, well, I could do seven weeks on those seven things, so you understand I have to walk through this and just kind of do a flyover in it, but I, hopefully there'll be some things that God really takes and uses. You know, sometimes just in defining prayer, what is prayer, for, for many people, prayer is just an SOS. It's help. In the in time of emergency, yeah, I pray. For a lot of people, it may be that, or it may be just uh, they have a habit of praying at mealtimes, which is a good habit, good practice. We may say our prayers, but we have to ask ourselves, have we really prayed? Someone once said that worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. But prayer is a conversation with God about things he can change. And imagine that the all-powerful, the, um, the omnipotent God, the creator of the heavens and earth, has chosen to communicate with you and me through his word and through prayer. Prayer is partnering with God. 
It's, it's taking what God says, his promises, stepping into a place of faith and partnering with God with what he desires to do, what he wants to do with his will. Sometimes when we talk about the mechanics of prayer, do it this way, do it that way, how often, where. We have a problem that the mechanics of prayer and the how-tos become our focus and it actually takes away from the, the amazing, the mysterious, the, the majesty of actually communing and having a conversation with God. So prayer is communion, time with him. Prayer is conversation, which is two-way, speaking and listening. Prayer is petition, which just simply means making requests. Prayer is intercession, in a sense of praying for others, interceding for others. Prayer is warfare. It's a powerful tool to war against the enemy. So why do we have such a struggle with this? Why is it so difficult? I think a lot of people just feel unworthy. They feel unworthy. I mean, look at me. Look at who I am. Look at what I've done. And uh, God would listen to me. God would speak to me. They feel unworthy to approach, which, which we understand that it's not because of our worthiness, because we've been made worthy through the cross of Jesus. We understand that we were unrighteous, but we were made righteous because of him. He took our sins upon himself. So our worthiness is based upon Jesus, not ourselves. So we, God doesn't want us to come to a place where we bow, bow humbly, bowing, confessing our sins before him. But sometimes people just say, I can't pray because I'm just not, I'm just not worthy for God to hear my prayers. Some people have a difficulty to pray because they never had any success at it. Never seem to work or rarely work. So if you don't have success at something, chances are it's not going to be high on your list to do. And then we're just too busy. Colossians chapter two, 4 verse 2 says, Paul says, devote, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and with a thankful heart. Well, how do you devote yourself to prayer when all these things are going on around you? It has to be a commitment. It has to be a choice. James 5.16 says the effective, fervent prayer of the righteous person avails or accomplishes much. Now that's the kind of praying you and I want to do. We want it to be effective, fervent, powerful, getting results. Uh, the word effective or fervent there in the Greek is the word energeo, which actually is where we get our word energy. So we need energy in our praying so let me walk you through this. Let's walk through it together. When I talk about how to pray more effectively, I'm going to give seven, seven things for us to know. First of all, praying effectively must be based on our relationship with God. You can't have an effective prayer life if, if your relationship with the Lord, without a relationship with the Lord, you can't do it. And the, the deeper and the closer our relationship with the Lord, then the more effective our prayer life can be. We need to know to whom we're speaking. Who are you talking to? You're talking to Almighty God, but you're talking to the God who loves you, gave his life for you, has forgiven you, has spoken to you, will speak to you, desires to answer your prayers. And when you realize that, 
that you can have the relationship with a God who hears and who answers prayers. It's just quite amazing. Relationship requires communication. What kind of marriage would you have if you never talked to your spouse and they never talked to you? You can't have a relationship. Relationship is required for us to communicate, for us to connect. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, let us therefore come boldly. We can come boldly to the throne of grace because he's made a place there for us. We pray on the basis of his mercy and on his grace, not on our goodness or not on our worthiness, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. John chapter 15. Listen, prayer life cannot be effective unless we learn to abide in him. That's so very important. John chapter 15, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Verse 7, he says, if you abide or remain in me. Get this. He says, if you abide or remain in me. That's relationship. And my words abide in you. You shall ask what you desire or ask anything you want and it will be done for you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Yes. He says, now if, if you abide in me, the importance of relationship for successful praying. To be confident in his love for us. To be confident in the fact of our position in him. You are a child of God. Your identity is in Christ. He hears you. Psalm 116, David says in verse 2, he says, I love the Lord because he hears my prayers. And he answers them because he bends down and listens. I will pray as long as I believe. It's a paraphrased version, but it's powerful. So when we come for him in relationship, we come humbly, we come confessing, we come submitting, we come forgiving where we need to forgive. Second thing is, it's important, one thing to build an effective prayer life is to select a place and a time. Select a place and a time to pray. You know, you can pray anywhere and anytime, right? You don't have to be in a particular place. It doesn't have to be a particular time of the day or night. Someone once said that Sometimes anywhere and anytime turns into nowhere and never. It's kind of like, I think, uh, over the years you may have heard someone say, well, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't at worship, I wasn't at church Sunday. I was out on the river fishing. They usually expect a sermon based on that, but they don't want to get one from me. And, you know, if that's where they want it to be. And hey, fishing's great. People, people it's, a, it's a restful time for some. For some, it's not. It's a time where they can look at the beauty of God around them, the beauty of creation. But they say, look, I, I can worship out on the river. Oh, that's true. You can worship anywhere. The question I ask is, well, do you? So sometimes anywhere, anytime becomes nowhere and never. So it's important for us to have a, a, a select a place and a time for focused prayer. Schedule that time. You see, prayer is, is spun, it, it's scheduled, but it also needs to be spontaneous. It rises up in us. It's, it's, a, 
it's something that goes on in our lives every day. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, 17, you're familiar with it, says rejoice always and pray without ceasing. Or always be joyful, never stop praying. Well, how in the world do you do that? It's because there is that inner praying that goes on all through the day. There are the opportunities of prayer that you have throughout the day. Make it an integral part of your day. Let it become as automatic as breathing. Starting in your day with prayer. Have certain prayer triggers or things that remind you to pray during the day. Pray when someone asks you to pray for them. Now, this is an interesting thing. How many times have you had someone come to you and say, will you pray for me? Have you ever said no? I don't think so. Our natural answer, assumed answer would be, will you pray for me? Yes, I will. Then we have to look at, okay, did we? (laughs) How many people have you asked to pray for you who never did? They meant to. The intentions were good. It's interesting. One of the things you can do, makes it a little awkward sometimes, but one of the things you do is when someone comes and asks you to pray, say, yes, I would be glad to. Can we pray right now? Now, I know it depends on the situation, circumstances, where you are. But I have seen so many times when that has happened that it had such a powerful impact on that person to see that you would pray immediately and spend that time with them. Now, if you can't at that moment, certainly always follow up with a text or a message or a phone call. Let them know that you are following through with this. If they ask you to pray for you, You take it seriously and you pray for them. There's great power in that. Third thing is learn how to pray the word, pray the scriptures. We have talked about this often. It's so very important. The Bible says in Proverbs that God's word is is, is life to all them that find it and health to all their flesh. His words are spirit and they are life. And so when you begin praying... Certainly you begin with praise and worship. But then then take the scripture. Let that be an important part of your praying when you have this time set aside to pray. Take the scripture and maybe take a particular passage or maybe the Holy Spirit will lay a particular passage on your heart. Maybe there's something specifically you're praying for and you can look in a Bible concordance, you can look online or whatever and say uh, prayers for healing, prayers for financial need, prayers for family. Get those scriptures in front of you and while you're praying, pray those promises. Pray what God says about it. You can never miss the will of God in praying if you pray his word. Because the word of God is his will. And if you allow that word to control your praying or direct your praying, then you'll know that you're always aligning yourself with God's will. And he said, if you pray anything according to my will... I'll do it. So we read it. We pray over it. Pray in first person. I love to take the scripture and just take it. And as I read it, I read it. I put myself into that. I put myself into that scripture. And you can, you can apply it to your life that way. And when you pray the word, you will pray in faith. It's the prayer of faith that saves the sick. It's the prayer of faith that works. Praying without faith accomplishes nothing. 
It must be a prayer of faith to believe it. Matthew 21, 22, the Amplified Bible says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believing you will receive. The power of the spoken word when you, when you pray his word. And I would encourage you where, when you can and in your prayer time, pray it aloud. Pray it out loud. Hear yourself saying those words. Now God hears your heart. You can pray silently. I'm still trying to get a handle on what an unspoken request is. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong or bad. I'm just I'm trying, to get, I'm trying to get into my mind exactly when it says I have an unspoken request. I, I know what's going on there. I'm just saying I have. Somebody's got to speak it. <laughs> oh well. I digress. There's just a few little quirks. But learn to pray in faith. You must believe God's word when you pray. The fourth thing is, is to let the Holy Spirit pray in and through you. Be led by the Holy Spirit in your praying. Pray in the Spirit. Interesting verses that Paul has in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And chapters, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14 have to do primarily with the gifts or the workings of the Holy Spirit. The, the chapter that's... Uh, it's, Sandwiched in between those chapters is what we call the love chapter, chapter 13. Because that's how faith works is through love. Is because the, spirit, the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit cannot be effective unless they are from a, a, the motivated by love. Uh, that's the most important thing. No matter what kind of gift you have, if you don't have love, anything counts for nothing. But in chapter 14 where he's trying to answer some of the questions that people have, he says... For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people will not be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what shall I do? He said, I'll pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in words that I understand. I will sing in the Spirit, and I'll also sing in words I understand. Now, for some people, this is puzzling, but it's quite clear. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all these supernatural functions you see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14 are still in the earth and should still be in the church. And one of the things that Paul is talking about is praying in the Spirit or praying with what some people refer to as a heavenly language. It's a language that's unknown to them. Now, that may or may not be part of your life. It may or may not be what you were taught over the, the years. But when you look at the Scripture carefully, you can see that there's no denying that this is an important part of praying. Now, does praying in the Spirit always refer to this supernatural unction, speaking in a language you don't understand? No. Praying in the Spirit uh, is being sensitive to and led by the Holy Spirit. And it's even more than that. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, when we don't know what God wants us to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings which cannot be uttered or expressed. So you can have praying in words that you don't understand. You can have praying that you understand that while you're led by the Holy Spirit in your praying, He brings those things to mind. He guides you in your praying. But then there's sometimes in praying that, that, that it's just, it seems to be beyond your ability, your own personal ability to express what you want to express to God to pray. You don't know how to pray about it. You've gone to the Word, but there are just some questions. You don't know how to pray about the particular situation. 
That's when in those, and then sometimes it's such a crisis situation. It seems to be a challenge to pray. Well, that's a time to just seize one and say, Lord, I really, I need your help in praying right now. Holy Spirit, pray through me, help me, show me. And deep down within, oftentimes in that praying time, there is that groaning. How many times do I remember praying when I didn't know exactly what to say, but I was, there was that groanings, that not, not utterance in words, but there was that groaning when I knew that I was praying, but I wasn't saying anything particular. Those, those things may be difficult for some, for some of us to grasp, but it's so important that we learn to an important part of praying effectively. Important part of praying effectively is to learn how to pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen? And then number five, one of the good practical things to do is to make a list. But don't be limited by it. Pray about the little things. Pray about the big things. It's okay. God can handle either one. And by the way, everything in your life is important to God and there's nothing too big that God cannot handle, that God will not do. So make a list. Write things down or put it on your phone or ever how you take. But it's important to make a list. But don't let that list limit you. How many of us, when we make that time, set aside that time, and we try to pray, that we really know we should, and we really want to, but how many times when we do that, just as we get started and everything, our mind goes off to somewhere else and something else. Right? Of what you need to do that day. Of what someone said. What's for lunch? You know, you just, your mind begins to wonder. There's something about, you see, the Holy Spirit will help direct you in your prayer. But there's something practical about making a list. And when you have that time set aside, be guided. I'm not saying be legalistic, but be guided by that list and pray over them as you go. And as you pray over them, pray the word over that situation. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you pray in that situation. Record when those prayers are answered. So it's important to, and that's a prayer journal, write down when those prayers are answered. It's just a practical thing to do. Most people don't do it. But it's important to make a list. And when you make that list, understand it's not just about petition or making requests, right? Start your prayer praising, end your prayer with praising. But so many times our praying is just about trying to cash in. It's when there's so many things that we need or we want or there's problems and we jump into prayer and all of a sudden we're giving God a list of our request. God's more concerned about our spiritual needs than he is our physical, temporal needs. But he's concerned about both. And in our prayer, the spiritual side should be what we focus on more than the other side. Pray and make requests. I ask you, God, I petition. Some people are, have an addiction to petition. That's pretty much when they pray. It's just ask God for this, ask God for that. It's a list of requests. Did you know that when you pray, God already knows what you need? You know, somebody say, well, God, why do I need to ask you for it? If you already need, I already know. 
It's important for us to take that step of faith. It's important for us to align with his will. And if we'll learn to focus on worship and praise, thanksgiving in our prayer time, then the other things will be added so that you don't have to spend quite as much time with that long list of requests. Jesus said, first, seek first the kingdom of God. And all of his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. But it's important to ask. Making lists helps you to target certain things in prayer. In other words, not just so general, God bless the world, but have specific things that you're praying about. If you don't pray specifically, it'd be difficult for you to know when that prayer was answered. Pray specifically. There's nothing wrong with asking. The Bible tells us to ask. But suppose you had a friend who never spoke to you unless you were asking. Who never spoke to you unless he was asking you for something. Some friend. Suppose the only time that we come to God in prayer is when we're asking for something. Number six. If you're going to have effective prayer, you've got to be persistent, not give up. In Luke Chapter 18, Jesus gives us the parable of what's called in you read in Scripture, the parable of the persistent widow. And this woman had some real problems. She was, she, her enemies were, uh, she was being mistreated by her enemies. Uh, so she had great need. So she went to the judge. Now the judge was not a follower of God or anything, but she went to him to ask for his help. And then see, no real response, nothing happened. So she went to him again. And she went to him again. And Jesus says, and eventually the judge answered, did what she wanted to do because he got tired of hearing from it. Now that's not talking about you got to call to God because he's reluctant and just like ask and ask and ask to get his attention. No, it's saying if a judge who is not a lover of God will respond to a persistent prayer. How much more a loving God who wants to give us our, uh, uh, in prayer, who wants to meet our needs, how much more he'll respond to it. You don't have to beg God, but you need to be persistent in prayer because you have an enemy that's, that's against you. You have things that will interfere from you receiving in prayer. And so it's important for you to be persistent. Sometimes it gets tough, but stick to it. When, when this parable came up, Jesus said, I really am sharing this parable with you guys to teach you something that you should always pray and never give up. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. You request, pray in the spirit, being watchful and alert to this very end with all perseverance or persistency and supplication and praying and interceding for others. The final thing is to help you with effective praying is to expect answers when you pray. Expect results. Isn't that a novel idea? <laughs> Why would we pray if we don't expect answers, if we don't expect results? When you pray for rain, carry an umbrella. <clears throat> Quite this morning. Must be sinking down deep. I like that. <clears throat> Amen.
I like the amens too. How much more exciting prayer becomes when we keep our eyes open to see the answers to those prayers. When we learn to see them. I read, someone said, when we get to heaven, we'll find a lot of unopened packages. Now, I understand, you know, this, this is just a lesson for us to learn from this. But it says, when we get to heaven, we'll find a lot of unopened packages with our name on them because we did not claim them through prayer. Well, James said in James chapter 4, he said, you want to know why you don't have? Because you didn't ask. He says, you do not have because you did not ask. Well, God already knows what I need. But he says, but you need to ask in faith to receive. And it helps us to do that. It helps us to know who our source is. It helps us to commune with God. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus says, ask. Now, this is so simple. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. Now, I know when we go to verses like this, we sometimes grapple with the, the fact that all of us have prayed and it didn't seem like it worked. All of us have prayed and it didn't seem like it was answered, at least not answered the way we were praying. You cannot let your circumstances determine your belief and your faith. If certain situations haven't seemed to work for you, it doesn't change the truth of the Word of God. We don't measure the Word by what our circumstances are. The Word is true. And it works. And praying the right way helps us to pray more effectively, successfully. When James says, you don't have because you, you don't ask, he had one other thing he said. He names two reasons why people are having trouble having their prayers. And he says, because you didn't ask. And he says, and some of you ask amiss or ask with the wrong motive for the wrong reason. And that's the reason your praying is unsuccessful. John chapter 16, 24. <clears throat> says uh, this is Jesus this is red letters if you have a red letter edition you buy one Jesus says and whatever things you ask in prayer believing you will receive it may not have always seemed like that's the case in your situation but it doesn't change the fact that this is what he says and when we learn to stand on it in faith Confess God's word concerning it. When we learn how to be persistent in it. When we learn how to put praise and worship before our request and our petitions. When we learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit in our praying. And even when we don't know how to pray, let him pray through us. All those things will help us to pray more effectively so that whatever things we ask in prayer believing, we shall receive. This should grip each one of us when it comes to the importance of praying and how
how it can work in our lives and what an impact that would have on each one of us and what an impact that would have on your friends and those around you. They may come up to you like the disciples came up to Jesus and says, show me how to pray. It seems to me it's making things different for you. It's working. Show me, show me how. It's important to know about prayer and all these how-tos and ways to improve and things to do. But all these things are of absolutely no use if you and I don't do it, if we don't practice it. And here's an interesting thing about it, is that if we'll move this direction, ask the Lord to help us, and if we will begin to discipline ourselves and walk in this and believe God for great things through it. The more this is developed in our life, now hear me, the more we pray, this kind of praying, the more we pray, the more we will want to pray. Got to start somewhere. Let's start right where we are. And let's start right now we're going to do that we're going to do that let's stand together I want to I want to pray out loud and I, I want you to let this be your prayer also. If you will pray within, I'm not going to ask you to repeat after me, but I want you to listen very carefully. This is on the back page of the information on prayer and fasting. <clears throat> it says, Father, I come to you today with praise and thanksgiving. I bow before you in worship. Thank you for your forgiveness, for your mercy and grace. Today, I commit to this special time of prayer and fasting. I ask for your help and strength. I want to know you better. I want to experience your presence. I want to hear from you. Stir my heart. Restore me. Bless my family. Awaken your church. And heal our nation. And I ask this. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray over those that are here today, those that are watching online. And I pray, God, that a simple word today about how, how this can change our life to develop an effective prayer life. How this will not, become a, not be a chore to us or religious duty, but it will be just a natural part of our life where we see you work in a magnificent way. I pray this for each one of us. I pray, God, that we will be sensitive to your spirit. Guide us in these days. God, just open these things up in our life that we'll clearly, clearly see you and make room for all, for everything you want to do in our life. I thank you for your blessing, for your love and protection upon each one. And we celebrate you and give you the praise in the mighty 
name of Jesus. Will you celebrate? Will you say amen by offering praise to him right now? Will you do that? Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Come on, let's keep praising him. Help us, Lord. Help us. Thank you.